in the Beyond Measure group chat today, I wasn't quite sure what the topic was going to be, but stumbles upon it accidentally while discussing this TV show I just started watching that has been around for eight seasons. I think, I don't know when this eighth season that I'm watching came out, but it's the first season I've watched. And I'm going to look this up behind the scenes so I can get some of these details correct. I found it on Netflix, but it's a show from the History Channel called Alone. It's described as an American survival reality TV series, and it follows the self-documented daily struggles of 10 individuals as they survive alone in the wilderness for as long as possible using a limited amount of survival equipment. And I really got drawn into this show. Uh, let me see how, oh, I guess they're coming out in the 10th season. So Netflix is behind. Wow. Oh my gosh. There's this show has <laughs> been around for quite some time. Uh, I'm just starting to get into it, but they, I guess they have spinoffs. They have alone the skills challenge. They have alone frozen. <laughs> I did not realize even until this moment, um, how big the show was. Uh, and so these participants come together to demonstrate their survival skills. They're trying to be the last person standing and win $500,000, which I actually thought was a really good cash prize. I have a tendency of listening to or watching, I should say, reality shows, like something where I want to tune out the world or like something really simple. And a lot of these shows do not have big prize funds. And I often wonder, what is it really worth it? But what I like about Alone is not only does the money and prize seem worth it, but it's so amazing what these people do. I'll tell you a little bit more about it and this whole episode will not be about this show. It, <laughs> this is just stepping into this um, bigger thought and takeaways that I had from it. Um, but what's different to me about this, maybe this is true of a lot of History Channel shows, it doesn't have the glitz and glamour of other more mainstream channels or flashy things. Like I, I'll watch reality shows on Netflix sometimes, for example, um, Love is Blind. And that show, you there's a sense of people doing that because they might get famous and make a lot of money as Instagram stars or something. And I think a lot of contestants take that route. But with Alone, it doesn't seem like the people on the show for fame. Some of them are very transparent that the money would make a big difference for them, but they have a one in 10 chance. And it seems like they're there to really connect with themselves and nature in a deep way. And I think that's why the show feels so appealing. I'm also absolutely love loving the aspect of learning about survival, which is something I'm, I'm really curious about. Like, what does it take to truly tap into your human instincts to survive? And the season eight that I'm watching on Netflix, 
is based in British Columbia, Canada. And it is absolutely stunning. I am so grateful I stumbled onto that as my first season because the area that they're in on this show, very remote. The 10 contestants are spread out. So it's not like some of those shows where they drop 10 people together. I don't even think they know who the other contestants are or have any concept of what's going on with them. I believe that they're so spread out they couldn't even get to each other or maybe there must be some boundaries, but there's no crew there. Unlike a show like Survivor where there's a lot of, there's a host and camera production. They give each of the contestants on alone their own little cameras and they have to film themselves kind of like a YouTuber uh, and document everything they do. And they also are given only a limited amount of equipment and they have to be strategic about equipment, what equipment they get and how they're going to utilize it. So every contestant might have a different strategy, but I don't even feel like the strategy is looming over like it is on other shows. There's no, the music sometimes is a little intense, but not like most re reality shows. It feels like you're, you're observing somebody figuring out how to stay alive. And all the tactics and that they think about it. So they have to decide when they first get there, how are they going to utilize their, their energy? Are they going to build shelter first? These people build the most incredible shelters. Now, I guess incredible is very relative for me, having never done anything remotely like that. That's part of my curiosity. I just feel in complete awe. They're chopping down trees, branches, or like getting them from the ground. I don't know how, what rules they have to follow in like the leave no trace realm and respect of nature. Not quite sure. I know they're, they're not able to kill all animals. This is one side note I should mention since I'm vegan and I know a number of people are that listen to this show. Um, the heart, the one thing I don't like about the show is watching them kill animals. So some of them have bows and are shooting wild birds or deer or something. Um, but they're definitely fishing and the show is a little bit more graphic than I would like it to be. I, I want to pretend that that stuff is not happening and they show more details on hunting than I'm personally comfortable with. But there's also part of me that's compartmentalizing it because I'm just so fascinated by how these people have to figure out or use their background of skills to find food. They're also foraging for berries. Some of these people know plants so well that they're able to identify them. And then there are moments where they're afraid they misidentified a plant and it's actually poisonous. You know, like there's all this stuff that's happening, but the shelter stuff. Going back to that, I mean, they're, some of these people built like mini log cabins. One person I was amazed with, and I haven't even finished the show. I'm only a few episodes in, but he built a chimney. <laughs> I was like, what? Like a fireplace and a chimney within, I don't know, five to 10 days or less. Like I, I just, the other thing, the episode I just finished watching, a guy built his own pier. 
over the water. So in this season in British Columbia, they're on the water. It's absolutely stunning. There are mountains in the distance. This is what I was getting at too. Like it reminds me of Glacier National Park in Montana, just jaw-droppingly beautiful. I haven't been to that part of British Columbia yet. And the show makes me want to go somewhere in that realm. And this guy built a pier. He constructed a pier for himself so he could walk out over the water and fish. And I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like the things that these people are doing as individuals all in their own with limited tools blows my mind. But the other thing is how they're, they are getting by truly alone. And so that's the part of the show that I'm moving into and starting to observe and think about for myself, because I wonder about what I would do in a situation like that. And it's pointed out a lot of my own ignorance, a lot of areas outside my comfort zone that I kind of want to do anyways. And there's this interesting chapter in my life of curiosity about pushing myself, myself to these limits and watching other people do it gives me a sense of comfort and inspiration and hope where I'm starting to see what's possible and see what human beings can figure out and how their brains work. Now this show, with most of the contestants, they're extremely skilled. They share the backgrounds of each of them on the show and you see how some of these people have been dedicating practically their whole lives to these things. Um, a few examples are one, I think one of the women spent many years living with an indigenous tribe and learning about all of their ways of approaching life. It was so cool. Like the, I think it was a woman, uh, could have been wrong because there's a lot of overlap between these people. Maybe it was multiple people, but just seeing how they've learned how to respect nature from different cultures, that's absolutely amazing. There are people that live alone already. I think one of the contestants is a guy that lives on some remote island in Alaska by himself. And yet it's different from this experience where he might be choosing to do that, but it could at any point could pick up a phone in Alaska and talk to someone versus on this TV show. The only way that the contestants are able to communicate with another human being is if they decide to forfeit. So each of them for security reasons, medical emergencies have a phone, like a satellite device, I think. But if they call the crew, they're giving up on the show. And I won't give anything away about any of those details. Um, but that's really interesting too. You know, are they motivated by money? Are they motivated by pride and ego? Are they motivated by deep interest of seeing the depths of what they're capable of and their humanity and how can they push themselves to the limit. The show is also very lengthy. I think I'm on episode three or four and it's 16 days in to the group 
that is competing. And I don't know how long it goes for, but I believe one of the contestants said they were prepared for about three months. And that three month period reminded me a bit of the book Wild, which I had seen the movie years ago. I rewatched it recently and re read the book for the first time last year. And it documents uh, this woman named Cheryl walking from around the California-Mexico border up to Oregon. And it's through the PCT, Pacific Crest Trail, that takes about three months to do. And I've often, since reading that book and seeing the movie, wondered, like, is that something that I would do? In, in that book, Cheryl talks about being mostly alone, having to get very prepared, carrying everything on your back, meeting strangers, ending up in some challenging situations with other humans, but also animals. And in Wild, she didn't have anything super dangerous happen to her. There was one incident with some men that was a little scary and unnerving for her. And animal-wise, I don't think anything happened that I remember. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Three months, and those were the worst things. But she was alone just walking, walking, and walking. And I think that's why I got drawn to this TV show, is I started to feel very curious of spending extended periods of time alone. Now, someone in the Beyond Measure chat just said that the PCT takes four to six months to complete. Maybe for Cheryl Strayed, maybe she only did part of it. I thought it was three or three and a half months. Could be wrong. This is off my memory. Um, and thinking through, would I want to ever spend that time alone? And I'm kind of laughing to myself now because that show kind of puts things into perspective. I was recently thinking about an upcoming national park trip that I want to go on and wondering if I wanted to go on a, a, a canoe trip as part of it by myself with my dog, Evie, um, because this park, it's called Voyagers National Park, and it's mostly on the water. And it, from what I've read so far, if you really want to experience the park, you should go camp but in order to camp, you have to take some sort of a boat and that could be bringing or renting a canoe or hiring a boat to take you to the campground. And there are so many campgrounds there, maybe hundreds. I could be wrong. There's, there's an enormous amount of camp spaces. Um, I don't even know if campground is the right term. I think they're called, I'm, I'm losing the terminology, but you basically, you, you choose your plot of land that you want to go to and how you want to get there. And I was thinking to myself, am I ready to do something like that on my own? Because I think I would rather do it on my own. Voyagers, you can also get a houseboat, which sounds really cool, but <laughs> certainly not something I want to do on my own. And I don't know if I want to hang out with a group of people on a houseboat, maybe like my sister. There's certain people in my life that, that I think it'd be amazing with, but there's part of me that wants to do it alone. And 
the contrast of me trying to decide if I want to pack a canoe with all my camping gear and paddle out to the campsite for one night or maybe two, that sounds really scary and intimidating to me. Like I'm worried about critters. I don't think Voyagers is known for having a lot of wildlife, although I would like to look into that more. But from what I've read, it doesn't sound like people are are that concerned about that. Um, and I've camped in plenty of campgrounds, but but they're all connected to a road and I'm usually camping in my car. I, I actually have never camped by myself in a tent and certainly not in a tent that's on land that you can only get to from, from water. Um, so it's interesting because, um, you know, there's, there's certainly skills to learn, but is it the skills of you know, setting up a tent I've done, uh, cooking, setting a fire, all of those things I've learned from my camp, from my campground experiences. But I think what really intimidates me is this, the feeling of being alone and a little bit helpless. I don't have an issue being in my car alone or, you know, staying at a campground alone because there's other people around within distance, but I am afraid of being alone in a remote area. Even that's one that's established and part of a national park, which to me seems relatively safe. But I'm curious about what it would take for me to get over the mental side of re remote backcountry, essentially. Now, in Voyagers, it's interesting. I'm not even fully aware of the differences between, I think it's front country and backcountry. I know there's a very experienced person in Beyond Measure that will have the answer in the chat any moment I'm expecting. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really fully know what the term backcountry means. I was telling this person in the Beyond Measure group uh, about how I just found the website backcountry.com. That's where I ordered a new pair of hiking shoes. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really know all the terminology. So, uh, oh, okay, got it. So the person clarified, in the backcountry, it's only with what you carried on your back. Huh. Is that literally what that means? It's a place that you get to with what you can carry on your back? And just front country then mean you carry things on a boat or a, or a car or something or no? <laughs> Um, oh, I see. What you're saying is very different to be alone in the backcountry with only what you carried on your back. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Eve, all these terminologies are are so so new, and I'm so curious about it. But it's an interesting gap in experience between being willing to try something first of all, and then doing it and learning from the mistakes. Um, that is kind of the place that I'm at right now. It feels so comfortable for me to drive places to visit national parks via my car. I went a little bit out of my comfort zone recently when I went to some of the national parks that you had to take a boat to because I haven't been in a ton of, well, 
I take that back. I've been on a decent amount of boats. I went on a cruise years ago. I've been on sailboats and various ferries. I guess I just felt out of out of the flow. The more I think about it, I've been been in enough, but it just felt felt different to visit a national park that's on an island. And that was like a barrier of comfort. It felt like an obstacle. It felt like a whole new way of thinking. And when I came up uh, against all this information for Voyagers, I thought, okay, I'm really good at kayaking, very confident with a kayak, but I don't know if I'm as confident with a canoe. <laughs> you know, and what gear do I want to bring? Do I need to get a new tent? Do I want to get a new tent? You know, all this gear can be expensive. Do I, do I want to choose the comfort of going with someone else? You know, that's the question too. I don't have to do these things alone. I certainly could go with someone else. But there's this appeal that I have of trying to figure it out and push myself out of the comfort zone and do it anyways. And and that's kind of where I'm at. And then I watch this TV show and there's a simultaneous yearning for these experiences of just being completely alone, the silence you have when you're alone. That's one thing a number of the contestants mentioned on that show is they get dropped off at these remote locations for the competition. And a number of them mentioned how quiet it is. And I just, I'm curious what that's like. Cause I, I think I've experienced quiet, but if I haven't been somewhere that remote, how do you really know what quiet is? You know, in the, in the chat, um, one of the members saying about, um, handling weather. Yeah. I thought about that too. I, I was like, okay. I read online, like if you get a canoe, for example, to go to Voyagers, if it's super windy, it's going to be a whole different experience. If it's raining, it's a whole different experience. Um, what if you get injured? You know, we're really talking about being not that far. I think some of the, the places in Voyagers are maybe like half a mile away from the visitor center. It's, it's not a far distance, but it's still a distance on water. Um, and we're also talking, like I said, for me, maybe a night away. So probably not even a full 24 hours of being alone, but it's interesting how that does come with a lot of factors. Um, and things like, what if the boat tips over? How do you, how do you rescue yourself? <laughs> And I, I mean, these are, these are things that I haven't even started researching it yet. And so it's, it's not even just the experience of getting alone. You still have to get to being alone. And it becomes a bigger question too, of how many of us even want to be that alone. I think a lot of us associate being alone with being home alone, depending on where you live though, you could look out your window and still see people. But if you're out on a trail or a park or, you know, somewhere remote, you might not see anyone for days or weeks. Like this TV show, 
these contestants don't see people for a very long period of time. As far as I'm aware, I still wonder, like, what if their cameras run out of battery? Like, how do they shoot a TV show without a crew? It's that I have a film background, so I, I keep wondering about the camera angles and the setups and the equipment and all that stuff. But beyond that, I, I assume that these people are really out there with nothing and no one. And I think very few of us have experienced that. And it, it becomes this whole shift of what does alone mean to us? And do we want it? How do we feel about it? And what would it feel like to seek out loneliness or even silence? How much noise do we really hear? What does that do to our brains? The appeal to me of nature, like being alone in nature just sounds so wonderful, but that could mean a number of things. Like for me, as I believe I've talked about recently, gosh, sometimes I get, get all these episodes confused, but I have been going hiking a lot and that can feel like I'm alone because sometimes I get in these trails and I don't see anyone for 10, 15, 30 minutes. And that feels like I'm alone in Los Angeles because like I said, most days I can look out my window and right now in this moment, I can't really see anyone. There's some trees blocking, but a car just drove by. That's someone. That's a signal to me that there's another human being around. There's a signal. That's a signal to me that I'm not alone. Psychologically, I can feel alone. I could feel lonely. I could feel like I'm missing a certain level of human connection but I'm also talking to you right now, whether you're listening live and beyond measure or you're listening to the podcast, it's still a sense of communicating. So I don't really personally experience a lot of loneliness. When I do experience loneliness, it's more feeling misunderstood, feeling like I'm not connecting, feeling like conversation superficial. That I experience quite frequently. But I perhaps gotten really used to it. And those are the type of things that I wonder, what would it be like to be truly alone in nature where it feels almost like nature can draw out things from us? Almost like a detox. Just when we remove stimulation from other human beings and it's just us focused on ourselves and focused on the beauty of nature, but also the rawness of nature, the fear of nature, like all these factors, it, it almost like activates a, another layer of us, brings us back to our roots as human beings. And it just feels so simple and nourishing because I perceive most of us are living in a time with so much stimulation, so much technology, we're take we're kind of encouraged to move away from ourselves. And we're encouraged to constantly be stimulated. But when I watch the show alone, all these people seem to be focused on is surviving. Now the season I'm watching too takes place in an area with grizzly bears. So that's a big focus of this show of like literally surviving from not just the elements, but a really one of the dangerous animals on earth. 
and making sure that they know what to do to protect themselves against bears. Speaking of skill sets, I learned that for the first time two years ago, I think is when I went to Glacier National Park. Didn't know anything about bear spray and ended up learning a ton from from people about that and i've ne still never had to use it like i don't know what it's like to to spray a bear's face that's charging at you like hopefully i never have to know <laughs> some of these things you don't learn until you're really in them uh on this show these contestants will be like standing within a few feet of animal of these bears. And it's these questions of like, do you know what to do in these circumstances? It's a lot. And those, those are, that is in general, a much more extreme example of being alone. And that's why I thought this is such an interesting topic is what does your version of being alone look like and feel like? And what type of aloneness do you want to seek out of anything? Many of us, I think, are afraid of being lonely. But there also can be a lot of benefits to it. If, if those benefit us. And these are big philosophical questions as well as practical questions. Like for me, if I do decide to prep for a trip that involves me canoeing to a campsite and staying there for a night with my dog. It sounds really fun in theory, but there's a lot to learn and a lot to think about. And I will keep you posted if I get any more takeaways as I continue my journey with alone. If anything, I'd be curious about your thoughts on it as have been shared in in the beyond measure chat and live so if you haven't had an opportunity to consider or check out beyond measure there's a link to it in the description and beyond measure is a private community that i created for more intimate communication so that we don't feel alone actually it's kind of the antithesis of uh <laughs> of today's conversation if you don't want to be alone if you want to connect with me and other people like me, that's what Beyond Measure is for. It's a real-time communication method where you can come and chat while I record episodes like this one. You can come join our group activities. I do my group well-being coaching within Beyond Measure, and it's all designed for us to feel connected. <laughs> so if you're listening, if you finish listening to this episode and you're thinking to yourself, nah, I would rather not be alone. I don't even know, need to go to a national park like Voyagers and camp alone. I'll, I'll go with the group. I'll get the houseboat. If you're thinking about those things, <laughs> then you might want to come join us in Beyond Measure. But the other cool thing about Beyond Measure is we do talk about these difficult things. And they're amazing members who, who have a lot of knowledge on things like survival and people that know a lot about cool TV shows like Alone. So if you decide to watch Alone, would love to hear your thoughts. If you've watched it before, tell me about it. If you have done things alone, I'd love to hear about that too. Like when have you been alone recently? Do you have a strong memory of being alone, good or bad? What's the most alone you've ever been? 
I'm not even sure off the top of my head. I mean, I always think of my road trips most recently. And it's interesting how many people are like, oh my gosh, you do that alone? And at first it scared me, but then I got used to it and it became really wonderful and I've learned to enjoy it. So I want to plant that seed for you too. Different versions of being alone. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Do you have any desire towards it? And if not, maybe a TV show suffices. So with that said, I'll wrap up today's episode. The links to both the television show alone as well as Wild, wonderful book if you've never read it. The movie's nice too, but the book, like many books that are turned into television shows and movies, the book is so much richer. And um, I'll also link to Beyond Measure if you want to come check it out. Join one of these live recordings. It's a good way to dip your toe in and get in touch with me too. It's a great way to communicate. Thank you so much for those that join live. I still have to catch up on all the comments. It's a lovely challenge to have is when the comments are moving faster than I can read them. So I will be checking up on those and looking forward to the next episode next week. Bye for now.